Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Welcome back to another episode of Wildcat Formation, WXVU 89.1 Radio, Villanova Radio, being brought to you on Spotify. Happy Friday, happy March Madness, happy Final Four weekend. Lots of blue bloods and familiar faces heading back down to New Orleans. Got a great show for you here today. I promise you guys, no April 1st, April Fool's breaking news, no fake trades, no sign-offs, nothing like that. All real stuff here today. It should be illegal to announce trades and retirements on this day. Uh, Roy Williams last year thought it was fake. I sure did. Uh, major baseball trades happening right now as we speak. AJ Pollock, that should also be illegal on this day. But all real stuff here today. Got a great show for you guys. Hope you all are doing well. Thank you for tuning in. Brady's back in. Bruce takes a step out. Or not out. He's now up in the front office. Uh, kind of out of nowhere. To me, despite how abrupt the whole thing is and was, it doesn't really surprise me all in terms of a career move. He made it very clear. I thought he did a really good job of making it clear in kind of a sentimental way in, in the Super Bowl one that he that he had at his speech when they were hosting up the trophy. He made it clear that he didn't really have a huge role in like in terms of controlling and micromanaging everything. He kind of was just like the leader, but he understand that a lot of what he did was he laid back and let all of the great people do great things, which I think is situationally appropriate. Now, I think he got criticized for doing it too much sometimes, especially in his time in Arizona, but it is who he is. And so I think bringing Brady into the building from the very start, because Brady is probably the most detail-oriented and, and focused and collectively engaging person, on, on the, let's just say on the planet, that's a reasonable claim. It made it very easy for him to do that and to embrace the kind of role, the kind of coaching leadership that he wanted to kind of enact. Um, however, it was also very clear that, you know, broadcasting wasn't his thing. He tried for a little bit. It didn't work out. I, I think he wants to be in the building I think that's just kind of his natural place. He feels at home there. He feels at home with the Bucks, And so I, I think it'll be good to have him there because obviously he's very bright. So having as many bright minds there down there for Raymond James is fantastic. You know, and it's also appropriate. He's always been ahead of the curve for hiring black coaches and female ch- coaches and uh, coaches that are uh, queer and transgender and things like that. He's always been ahead of the curve for that. So I think that in the direction that we're going in right now, as for the league, having someone like him in up in that front office, up in the higher level, um, is productive and proactive. But, you know, congratulations to him on a great career. You know, he, he got that other Super Bowl. He did it with Tom. I think he'll 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 be remembered. He'll he'll really be remembered for that one. I think all time great. Hall of Fame, we'll see, but conversation can definitely be had. So now that he's gone and, and Tom's still here. Um, is that they were both gone. This would just be like a clean slate. It would be Todd Bowles and, you know, whoever they would want to get, you know, whether they would, I mean, the, the unfortunate thing is that I think Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield would both be perfect fits for, for Tampa, but that's not the case anymore, obviously. This is going to be Tom's first time in his career really getting full, full say, full, full control. Now, he's always been detail-oriented, right? But now Bruce's more casual approach to thing leaves the building, he gets more say, you know, we'll see how that changes the offense a little bit. Like, Brady already did kind of have a uh, have a role in terms of personnel. 
where it's like, hey, I want Gronk. I feel comfortable with him. Let's get in the building. Hey, I don't think we have enough depth at certain positions. Let's bring in Antonio Brown, right? And maybe, you know, that relationship that he has with Bruce, it was shaky, right? The flights landed, but it was a messy flight. It was a successful flight, but there was some turbulence. Maybe they can communicate, you know, him in the front office on some draft stuff, but he gets more say. And, you know, I, I think... The relationship that he has with Byron Leftwich specifically, who I personally would have had as the new head coach, it will be strong enough to wear, you know, enough of kind of the resilience and the 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 kind of aura of who Tampa was and why we liked to tune in to watch them will still be there as long as Byron's in the building. I don't know how Byron feels about staying because he can go be a head coach somewhere else. Absolutely, I think. Um I think if Matt rules out, they bring him in, him in right away. We can still tune in and see some similar things. Um, and I like Todd Bowles. I think he deserves a second chance, but I would have picked Byron here. But I think that their relationship is so strong, Byron's and Tom's, to where Byron doesn't have to be the head coach for them to produce some of the similar magic that we saw there. Tom got what he wanted when he left New England, right, which was weapons and a bigger say and control of the culture. Tom and Bill, right, down Foxborough, they work together because they're both detail-oriented, grind, discipline, whatever. Tom brings that culture into a space that doesn't align with his culture, but has the kinds of weapons that he wants. So now that, and much of that culture was dictated by Bruce. And so now that Bruce is gone, I'm really curious to see if, even though I think visually um, Tampa kind of, relatively similar playing style, similar offense. I'm excited to see, you know, what kind of place Tampa turns into now that this is very much um, Tom's team in a more literal and real way than it was uh, before. Because now he gets the weapons that he wants and he gets to control the culture full head by himself with Todd Bowles just kind of being able to maintain everything. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not sure they're going to, I still think, you know, Byron left, which is going to be the big focal piece of what they are. We'll, we'll see if what, what their new DC, whenever that happens, whoever that ends up becoming, what their kind of role is. My guess it's not going to be a huge role, but I'm excited to see how things evolve here. So congrats to Bruce. Great career. Lovable guy. He's done a lot of great things for the sport. Um, and so, you know, go go have go have your five o'clock cocktails uh, like you wanted. And it'll still be great to have him in the building. So really excited to see. Uh, new things for him in the future. World's most handsome man, Jimmy Garoppolo, still on the 49ers. It's been about a month since they made it very clear to him that Trey is the starter. We're going to trade you. At this point, there's a couple different ways I'm looking at this. First of all, I do think that what is a good logistical possibility is that a team, whether through just an awful record or extenuating circumstances, or something like that, you know, maybe a major injury in, in the preseason to someone. A team just becomes really desperate. I think that logic could go for Baker as as, as well. Um, just trade him when someone becomes desperate, because that way the, you're going to get the most out of the asking price. I think the issue here for the six for the Niners specifically, and what makes this kind of complicated and suspicious is that as long as Jimmy G is there, then his cap space is in uh, place. And as long as that cap space pushes up against San Francisco, then you can't 
pay players and go and get free agent players that can make Trey Lance's job easier because, you know, they, the, the 49ers are not in a situation because, you know, they traded all those picks, right? They're not in a situation where, you know, they can get a lot of picks, right? Like, they don't, they don't have a first. I don't believe they have a second either. So it's not like they can trade him for someone and then just load up and go out and flesh out their secondary at the corner position and go get a replacement for DJ Jones in the draft. I mean, you could you could draft those positions, but you're not going to get the same kind of instant impact players that you might get in the first and second round. And so that's an issue. And you're in a really stuck position because the market's starting to thin out. I don't really think that any team has a particular interest in doing a player swap. Um... I think if they were to obviously go get a corner or a D tackle. So the options kind of limited here. I think Trey Lance can play. That's my press understanding. In the time that he's been there, he's been there for a year now. He understands the playbook. He understands the system. There's a lot of, you know, really talented people around there. And it's not a very quarterback dependent offense. If it was, then Jimmy G wouldn't have been able to get them into the position that they were in going into the NFC title twice in three seasons. So I think that, the, the For those of us who are trailing supporters, I think the bar in some cases that we're setting for him is too high. I think that he just needs to be, you know, a competent B quarterback that can come in, just manage everything and make explosive plays when he needs to. Um, I don't think he needs to carry the same kind of workload that someone like Josh Allen does, for instance. But the fact that they that, that you know, they're this kind of hesitant now, and I know the injury stuff makes his market a little bit more scarce and people become more anxious about it on the other side of the front office, but you got to, if you if you you paid this much for Trey Lance, gave up this much for him, you got to just fully go with it. So, I mean, really just like, I mean, if you believe in Trey Lance, really just get rid of him, right? If that means cutting him, you know, pending, you know, any extensive cap situations, do what you got to do. Um, but at this point, it's kind of like a rip the bandaid thing off. Just get the cap space, open up and just go get people that are available. And, and, you know, like, again, like if they're going to do that, you got to do it now. Cause you know, Bobby Wagner's, you know, he's up. So and we're going to talk about that in a second, but I mean, if whatever decision you're going to make, you got to make it now, unless you're fully committed and confident that someone who is desperate, is going to give you guys either two seconds or a second and a starter. So because um, your draft capital is not there. So, you know, really just, I mean, yeah, draft capital is not there. So whatever decision you're going to make, make it now. In terms of fit, I mean, the only really big – because I, I, the, the only team I can really think of is the Panthers because I, I don't know how this Malik Willis thing is going to go. I, I don't I, – I think, at the, honestly, if they're going to get – next, next year's quarterback class is so – unbelievably stacked that I don't think Malik, I think Malik Willis in next year's draft would, would realistically be a second round pick if we're being completely honest here. And so I think they just go O-line here because it's literally that awful of a situation in terms of that front. So I think they go with that position there with the sixth pick and then just go get someone next year. So maybe if if if, if the Panthers start off 0-3 and Matt Rule is like, hey man, I gotta fight for my job here in a wide open division. Jimmy G is someone that you can roll with for a little bit. You know, do like snap trade-offs, him and Darnold. I mean, at that point, you know, why not? And who, who knows? I mean, if you got all that cap space, maybe, you know, go and get Darnold as a serviceable backup if if Trey, if Trey Lance just has a full, outright, utter, like, collapse. Not as many options. Things are kind of getting awkward at this point. 
So whatever you're going to do, just do it now. John Lynch, get it done. So Bobby Wagner is heading over to the Rams. It's not what I would have done. I feel like in terms of personality, he f- I would have liked to see him in either a Ravens uniform or a Cowboys uniform. I feel like the Cowboys could have overpaid for him in a long-term thing, kind of like what, what we saw with Von Miller and the Bills and then the Ravens. You know, they're not paying Lamar just yet, so they could have kind of do, do more of a rent-out thing with him. But this is what I was thinking about this. So people want to go places that they want to go to. And I know that sounds painfully obvious, but it's true. And it's true that people want to go to places that can help them do the things that they want to do, right? In baseball, there's no cap space. So players just go to the best cities with the most money and the best cultures. There's no advantage, right, to trying to manipulate your contract to make things better or, you know, having to look out for yourself and look out for others at the same time. You just go where you want to go because if your asking price is reasonable, then they have no problem bringing you in. And, you know, the big markets get more leeway. Sean McVay has turned the LA Rams into the LA Dodgers, essentially, right? Because different players want different things. Players who want to make money and care about money go to teams... And we're talking about free agents here. Players that want to make money go to teams with cap space that can pay them, that are rebuilding where they just want to get the biggest check possible. Jags, the Jets, etc. Um, players who want to go to big cities, right? Go to big markets, kind of live their the lives that they want to live outside of the field, outside of their sport. Go to Miami or, you know, with the Dolphins or the Giants or the 49ers or something like that, right? Players who want to play under the spotlight for a big brand and be part of a big legacy go to the Cowboys or the Steelers or what have you. Players who want to win go to the Rams. And everyone who, because everyone who goes there seems energized the second they walk into that building. OBJ, case of the drops, toxic locker room guy, whatever, comes out, instant impact, is happy again. Von Miller, right? Washed. Not as productive. Sean McVay, bright mind, comes in, uses him situationally. He fits right in, feels like a ram, looks like a ram. Everything kind of just seems natural to him. And so what I think is going to happen is that what's going to happen with Bobby is that's a similar thing. Now, do I think Bobby's a little overrated at this point in his career? Yes. I think if you look at his tape, he's not. he doesn't have as quite as much uh, horizontal quickness as he used to. Would I have paid him that much, $10, $10 million a year? Probably not, no. Um, But I trust McVeigh because of the culture that he's built to use him correctly and have it be kind of, you know, a, a similar thing with Von Miller where we're not going to ask you to make plays. We're not going to, we're not, they'll ask him to make plays, but we're not going to ask you to play all the snaps. We're going to ask you to be in a situation where it's like, hey, we have the lead. Help, just help us keep it in the last three minutes, Right. Doesn't have to play every snap. So it's not what I would have done, but I don't blame him. I get it. I get anyone going to the Rams at this point. And that is a scary defense now. So I think this move now is kind of the beginning of what we're going to see going forward for as long as McVay's there, where players want to go there because they want to be part of that culture and they want to feel happy coming into work every day, not just winning but winning in the biggest spotlight with the best people. So congrats to Bobby in the new contract, and we'll see how things play out 
going forward. That's going to be it for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wildcat Formation. I've been Anders Pryor. You're on Spotify, WXVU 89.1 Villanova Radio. Happy Final Four. Have fun in NOLA. Stay safe. Party hard. Go Cats.